If you know you're a person who gets lonely, asking somebody how their day is going or what they've seen in the country so far that's been really cool and striking up a conversation and just, you know, seeing where that leads to. Because there would be days where I would go without talking to anyone when I'm like a digital nomad, like just on my own in a country. And I think just like finding somebody to talk to can even be helpful sometimes. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I'm super excited to speak with Lauren, who is a digital marketing professional by day and travel blogger by night. Lauren shares her adventures across Out of Office Gal, a blog and Instagram account dedicated to helping women travel more, even with limited vacation, budget, and friends to go with. She truly believes that travel is the most educational thing people can do for themselves, and there is a trip for everyone. So listen on to find out how Lauren helps women travel on a budget. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to speak with Lauren. Hey, Lauren, how are you? I am fine. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So before we get to your incredible tips and tricks, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've always loved to travel. Ever since I was a little kid, I was like begging my parents to take me places. I left the country I think for the first time when I was around 12 or so. And we we did a number of trips, like, you know, in my kind of like teenage years. And then I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a break just during college. I was really, really caught up in, you know, getting my degree and, um, you know, I was obsessed with the idea of not like falling behind or, you know, my classmates forgetting about me and missing out on like internship opportunities, which would lead to job opportunities, which would lead to success. And it was like this whole like streaming thing that I just felt like if I wasn't there all the time, I was going to miss out on something. So probably like I went a couple years without leaving the country and then after college, I was trying to travel and, you know, nobody was ever, ever available or they didn't have the money or there was always some barrier to getting them to come along traveling with me. So I finally went on my first solo trip and I think that was like in 2011 or something. And it was like one of the most incredible things I've ever done. It was, I learned so much about myself. I feel like I grew so much. I felt so empowered just figuring things out on my own in a way that I never had before. You know, I'd always been traveling with family members who were kind of like taking the lead. And here it was just kind of all up to me. And, you know, it was also very freeing because you can just do exactly what you want to do when you want to do it. You don't have to, you know, listen to anyone else's opinion or, you know, anyone else have a say. It's just kind of you know, how you feel in that moment. And it was just such a cool feeling, especially for someone who, you know, had grown up a lot of their life 
being like a mega perfectionist, like, you know, worried about falling behind, worried of, you know, stressing out about work, like kind of on a daily basis. So it was a very, um, it was a very wonderful thing. And I think it also like, you know, taught me to like, you know, take a step back, listen to myself and my body and my mind and what I need. And it just, it helped me calm down and relax in a way that like, I had never, I was such a high strung like kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that's kind of where my love for travel kind of stemmed from. And I went and I got like a regular office job, but I tried to travel as much as I could. You know, people would often tell me like, you know, when they wouldn't, when they'd see me at Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, you'd be like, oh my gosh, you're traveling all the time. And, you know, I'd be like, well, no, I only take like two international trips a year, but to a lot of people that looks like a lot. Um, (laughs) So, but I always, you know, knew in the back of my head, like, I, you know, wanted to be traveling more. And a few years ago in Brazil, I met a girl who, at at a hostel, who was a digital nomad. And at the time, I didn't really know what that was, but she explained that she, like, traveled full time. And I just thought this was the coolest thing I'd ever heard of. And from that point, I was kind of like, all right, like, how do I, you know, get to that at some point? And, you know, at the time, it kind of felt like it could never happen. Like, I was in an entertainment field. And um, you know, you have to, yeah, I, I went to USC, I was a film student and then I kind of was working in like branded content and there was a lot of, you know, on set responsibilities, which you obviously need to be physically present for. But a few years ago, I transitioned to, um, more of like digital marketing side of things. Like it was still related, but you know, not as we weren't really on set. So how did you actually get from being in the entertainment industry? You are from LA, you went to school there, and now to doing this as a digital nomad because you were really inspired by someone, right? And that's a huge step. How did you prepare for that journey after to make this huge leap? Yeah, definitely. So I had kind of been sidestepping away from entertainment since college a little bit. Um, I love movies and, you know, it was it was fun to work on them, but the business itself didn't really resonate with me. Like, I think that there's a lot of, you know, people at the top making all the money and people at the bottom aren't, you know, necessarily treated that great. And I just, that didn't really sit well with me. I didn't really want to be a part of that. So I kind of sidestepped to a more like branded content world. And I was still kind of on like the producing side of that. But at the same time, we, you know, it was kind of like when I was at this, I was at the company for like five years. At the same time, like the influencer marketing was kind of like rising up. Um, So we were kind of getting like part, we were getting some content that the brands wanted us to produce for them, as well as some contents where they're like content where they were like, well, we want to work with an influencer to create this content. So, you know, I would say back then my job was probably like 80% content we were producing and like 20% like influencer marketing content that was actually being produced by influencers. But I kind of took that experience and well, actually a recruiter reached out to me to work at like a marketing services company that where, you know, instead of 80% premium production, 20% influencer marketing, it was like 95, 98% influencer marketing. And you know, I, the company was cool. They'd actually reached out to me a couple times in years previous, but like the timing just was never right. And the role was never right. And this time I was, I was really ready for change. So now Lauren, what are you currently doing to become a digital nomad? Is this what you're doing right now? So, well, this is a long story. Uh, The company announced back in March that the company, the marketing services company I was working for announced that they were closing. And while this might seem like 
a terrible thing for most people. It actually ended up being an amazing thing for me because part of my negotiation with them was I was one of the few people selected to or requested to stay on for about six months to help wrap up existing business. And part of my package was, well, okay, I'll do this, but I want to be able to work remotely from anywhere. So my boss was like, yeah, totally fine. Like that's, that's, that's all great. So I, you know, started doing travels while um, working and the first, the, I mean, basically the first thing I did was look up the girl I met who was a digital nomad several years ago, who we'd done a little traveling together at the time, but I hadn't seen her in three years. And she was going to be in Lisbon. So I went to Lisbon and I met a bunch of her digital nomad friends. And, you know, Europe's amazing for digital nomads who were, who are like working LA hours because you can basically like have a full day of sightseeing and then, you know, start working at like five o'clock and then work till like, you know, one or 2 a.m., which is like for me pretty doable. And then I, uh, so I did a couple weeks in Europe. Then I came home for a little while because I had some commitments. Then I went back out and I did like a couple more weeks in Panama. Then I went home for a bit. I had to travel the US for work for a few weeks. Um, and then I spent like a month in Asia. So Lauren, let's talk about some of the things that you had gone through while you were actually trying to transition from your day job to now being a digital nomad. What were some of the setbacks that you actually encountered when you are pursuing this new career that you have? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that like the biggest thing is probably, you know, trying to figure out how to be connected and available and make sure that like your clients and colleagues don't feel the effects of you traveling at all. In fact, I didn't even tell outside of my boss. Nobody even knew I was traveling. I didn't want the client to know. And I, not because I necessarily wanted to keep it a secret. If they asked me, of course, I would have said yes. But I just really wanted to prove to, I mean, myself, I think most of all, that this was like a viable way to work and, you know, no balls would be dropped in this process. So I think that like, you know, just making sure I had a really stable Wi-Fi connection all the time, making sure like my phone worked. I put a lot of like time and research into, you know, options for, you know, where I was going to stay. I always like neurotically check like on TripAdvisor, you can search reviews like by specific words. And I would always search for like Wi-Fi, you know, and if a, if a place either had bad Wi-Fi or nobody talked about the Wi-Fi, I would just automatically not go with that option. You can search on Airbnb as well for Wi-Fi. So, you know, that's like a really, really important thing I would say for digital nomads. And, you know, phone also like, you know, Google Fi, I think is a terrific option for uh, it. I think it's only available for US. You have to be in the US to activate it. I don't actually think you need to be like a US citizen or anything, but like you have to be in the US in order to activate it. And that's like a really, really good option because it has the same rates domestically versus internationally, except for calls. Calls is like a little different, but data and text are the same. Those are a lot of things that you definitely have to look out for, especially when you're traveling around, because it's not like you're just around the neighborhood or the area. You're actually in a different country. And there's so many new things that you have to not only look forward to, but to look out for, especially if you're not there to travel. It's working. It's so much more different, right? What were some of the things that you found that you didn't expect when once you finally started this lifestyle? I would say like, one of the things that was sometimes a challenge is, you know, when you like my first trip was to Lisbon where I was 
basically meeting up with digital nomads. So everyone was on the same schedule. So that was like, you know, not very difficult. But when I started to go to places and meet other people who weren't digital nomads, who were out, you know, exploring and sightseeing, and I had to go, you know, buckle down and work, that was something that was really hard. And I would say like trying to work in Panama for me because the time difference was only three hour difference. Like I would say that was like a bigger challenge than I realized just because I would have like three hours in the morning to kind of explore a little bit. And, you know, it was, it was sometimes, it was sometimes hard, like, you know, having to force myself to buckle down at noon and while everybody else was out like sightseeing and exploring this new place. Um, So I would say that was like something that I definitely found to be a challenge. So what about Lauren? I know a lot of people when they're going into this lifestyle, because there's so many things that we don't anticipate. One of the biggest things is your mental health, right? You will face a lot of loneliness. You're not going to be in the same type of community that you had and support when you had at home. What was that like for you when you were traveling around? Totally. That's really, I'm really glad you asked that because, uh, I mean, I have a boyfriend and a dog at home, like a long-term boyfriend of five years. So that's, you know, one of like my biggest challenges is just, you know, missing them and a really close friend group at home. And, you know, a lot of the reason I don't travel for longer spurts at a time is because of my boyfriend and my dog and wanting to go back and see them. And there were absolutely times of loneliness, especially when I started to get into like a month of, you know, being away. And it can be, it can definitely be a lonely road, you know, depending on how you you know, kind of set the tone when you first arrive in a place. Obviously, if you're staying in hostels, that's going to be like a little bit more social environment, a little easier to meet people. I a lot of times try to sign up for like Airbnb experiences because I feel like the demo of those are going to be like a little bit younger. And, you know, I feel like some tours can be like an older crowd and maybe not like necessarily people you have as much in common with. But like Airbnb experiences tend to attract a younger crowd. And, you know, I've made a lot of friends you know, in new countries just by, you know, signing up for something when I first arrived. And then I meet a few people and we go on to do other stuff together. That can be kind of nice as well. And just like, so you don't feel so alone. I also think that signing up for like free walking tours when you first arrive in a place is another really good thing to do, not only to orient yourself, but if you know you're a person who gets lonely, asking somebody how their day is going or what they've seen in the country so far that's been really cool and striking up a conversation and just seeing where that leads to. Because there would be days where I would go without talking to anyone when I'm like a digital nomad, like just on on my own in a country. And I think just like finding somebody to talk to can even be helpful sometimes. And Obviously, there's things like FaceTime and WhatsApp to stay connected with people back home. But, you know, talking in person to somebody can be a really nice thing. Yeah, that's so true. There's so many things that you don't anticipate, right? Because you leave a lot of the people that you love at home if they can't go with you. And then you miss out on so many different things, milestones, birthdays days, anniversaries, all of those things. And it can be really hard. And I think we don't think about that enough when we actually leave and go into this type of lifestyle. So that's always great to hear from you, someone like you, Lauren, who can give us their take on how you have been able to handle something like this, because that is really tough. It is. It is. I mean, I'm kind of like the planner in my friend group too. So like, I feel like when I'm gone, the group gets together less. And like, that's kind of like a sad, like, I mean, hopefully it's not like, 
you know, they, they still hang out and they still have fun. But I think I do a lot of like, you know, birthday planning and stuff like that. I'm about to head out for a big, I'm going to be gone for like six weeks. And so I just like through a Friendsgiving a little bit early this year, but we like celebrated everyone's birthday that fell in like November and December. So I made sure, you know, there was like a little something that made those people feel special while I'm, while I'm gone. And, you know, that's just one of the things that I kind of, obviously you do miss a lot, but hopefully you're there for like the, the really important things. And one of my friends is going through some medical issues right now. So like I was actually going to be doing more travel this fall, uh, but I came home to be there for that. And it's a balance for sure. I mean, there's, you're going to miss some birthdays, but hopefully, you know, when somebody really needs you, you find a way to get back here and be there for them. I think that's the beautiful thing about being a digital nomad is you can have that time to come back whenever you need to, because you don't have a steady, solid job that you need to be on the ground for it. You can travel whenever you have to be. Absolutely. Let's talk about what you did in order to prepare or even save before setting off to become a digital nomad and to be location independent. How much money did you actually save and how are you able to budget that to last? I am not the best saver. I will say that right off the bat. But the good thing, I'm pretty good at traveling cheaply. That's, you know, one of the things I am really good at. And I generally haven't had to pay for my flights because I, you've, I've used credit card points. So I kind of like taking care of the, the flight with credit card points. In terms of accommodations, I'm generally choosing cheap countries where my money will go further. You know, I, I did visit a few more expensive places this year, but it was generally in like a shorter amount of, I was there for a shorter amount of time. And so if you can get your flight taken care of and you can get your accommodations taken care of, that's like immensely helpful. You know, another thing, like I always look for like free walking tours. I think that's a really good way to like see the city. And, you know, you you obviously if you've done one, you just pay like, you know, you just tip your tour guide. So I think that's like a really nice thing you can do. Another thing like I've done is like if I find a cool experience on Airbnb experiences and they list their Instagram handle, I'll go around Airbnb and reach out to them on Instagram. Because a lot of times, you know, Instagram takes a big or sorry, Airbnb takes a big cut and if you reach out to them directly, they'll often give you a lower price just because, you know, you're not having to like pay like for an upcharge. So I think that's like a really nice thing you can do. I mean, in terms of just like saving money, you know, I used to eat out like every meal and that's like been cut down like extremely drastically. I do a lot of my shopping now at Trader Joe's. I also used to do a lot more shopping and I've cut that out almost entirely because at the end of the day I would so much rather spend money on experiences than things and every time I'm about to make a purchase I literally think about that and I'm like all right so do I want a pair of pants or do I want to go on a boat trip in Tanzania (laughs) you know and I feel like when you put it that way it's like so easy to know exactly what you want and occasionally you really do need a freaking pair of pants and like you just go for it but like you know a lot of times it's like well no I don't really need this. (laughs) It's just putting things into perspective, because if you put it that way, then yeah, you definitely have an easier decision. (laughs) Now, let's fast forward to 50 years from now, and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? I mean, I definitely hope that my grandchildren see me as like this adventurous, free-spirited soul who lived life as much as humanly possible. I do not sleep a lot. And because I am so 
excited for life and experiencing things and trying things out and always saying yes. I think that like, you know, there can be a tendency to like want to, you know, hole up in your house and watch Netflix and, you know, not leave. But at the end of the day, like that's, that's not going to be something that's like charted to your memory. And I just hope I have as many like amazing memories as possible. And I hope that I continue to share those memories with like the people that are closest to me. And I think I give off this vibe already, but I hope that even as I get older, I continue to give off the, you know, adventurous free spirit persona. (laughs) Do you ever get tired when you're constantly going all the time? (laughs) You know what? Like I can go for a long time. I have like a naturally a ton of energy and I don't need a lot of sleep. And so I think that's like a a little bit unusual, but I love it. And, you know, I think also like a lot of it is just what you tell yourself. Like I've always told myself I can do things like I can push through. I can, you know, stay up till 10 p.m. because I don't want to be jet lagged, like, you know, and wake up at 2 a.m. Like I just tell myself I'm fine. I drink some coffee. I keep going. And I think, yeah, a lot of it is like, my willpower, but you know, eventually you, you do, you do need to sleep. You do need to rest. You do need to take a break. And I think that being kind to yourself and your body is really important. And just knowing when, you know, you're kind of at that, at that point where you should take care of yourself. Are you currently working on anything today that is really exciting to you? Well, I, I mean, I, I'm working on a blog, (laughs) which I try to like share things like, you know, tips for the places I've been to and sample itineraries. I kind of like the focus of my blog is like trying to help people travel more, even when they're working with like limited vacation, um, limited budget, uh, you know, no one to go with, like solo travels and everything I talk about, like just some of those like really obvious things that people consider barriers to travel and trying to kind of debunk some of those and make things a little easier, whether it's you know, providing them with a really straightforward itinerary that is going to show them the coolest things a city has to offer in the shortest amount of time to things like, you know, credit card hacking, you know, using points to travel more or finding direct flights from your home city, that sort of thing. That's something that's been really fun for me. And I only started it like this summer or so. It's been a fun creative outlet. And like, I also have like a travel Instagram that goes along with that. That's been really, really fun to work on. I think I mentioned that I was a film production student, but I hadn't been in like the content creation side for a while. And so that's kind of given me like a really fun creative outlet and, um, you know, a way to kind of work with visuals again and, you know, photo editing and coming up with captions, like, you know, short ways to storytell has been really fun for me as well. And I've gotten a really good response and I'm, you know, growing really fast and it's, yeah, it's, it's fun to, you know, work on something and actually like see like, uh, you know, success with. (laughs) Well, now if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the out of office gal or blog is, uh, out of office gal.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lauren, for speaking with us today. I really appreciate all of your journey that you shared with us. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Lauren. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares the best travel hacks for digital nomads and remote workers. Have you been thinking about starting a podcast? 
Well, what are you waiting for? This is the best time to do it. And lucky for you, I have created the most comprehensive ebook to help you start, grow, and monetize your show called How to Create a Profitable Podcast, where I share all of my proven strategies that has allowed me to leave my nine to five to become a full-time podcaster. If you want to learn more, go to howtocreatepodcast.com. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.